Word for You is presented by Grace Point Church in Lakewood, Ohio. We are located at the intersection of Warren and Alger and welcome you to visit us in person or online at gracepointlakewood.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-P-O-I-N-T-E-L-A-K-E-W-O-O-D.com. Listen to podcasts of sermons from our pastor, Mike Bartolone, and various guest pastors. You will see that grace is always the point, and you are always welcome. So I want to talk more today about resurrection. John 11, 25, and 26. Jesus, talking to Martha, says to her, I am the resurrection. So I can conclude just with that one phrase that Jesus is our resurrection man. Amen? And the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. I mean, if he dies in the flesh, he's going to live in the spirit. Amen? And whoever believes, and this is the scripture Tammy quoted, and whoever lives, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then the real clincher is the next four words. Do you believe this? And he was talking to Martha, who knew that Jesus was the resurrection, because in verse 24, she quotes that, but she doesn't believe that. Which means it's very possible for us to quote many things from the Bible and never believe the truth about them or have them be applicable to our lives. Because there's a big difference between reading your Bible studying your Bible, and then believing that it's applying to you today. Amen? How many know there's a big difference? Let's go now to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. In the New King James, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. This is our starting point, church. This is where we start when we're born again, right here. I have been crucified with Christ. If you want to know more about this crucifixion thing, you can go to Romans chapter 6 and read the whole chapter. It'll tell you all about it. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ. But Christ lives in me. He's not outside. He's not on the surround. He's in us. Amen? That's, and he's not offended by your crazy behavior. He doesn't say, well, I'm going to take a break right now and stand over there while you continue your, new, your nonsense. And then when you're done, I'll come back in. No, he stays in the whole time. Even when you're doing lunacy things, insane things. It doesn't offend him. And the life, he said, and the life, now, the life now which I now live in the flesh... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
See, resurrection is all about all things new. I mean, from being, from being born again to being altogether new, born into victory and starting our new lives in victory and living in victory. If we're doing that, then what's happening in this world out there? It doesn't affect us. It doesn't affect us, even though it's crazy, even though there's nuts stuff going on and it wants, that world wants you to believe and be conformed to it. It's not, it, we don't have to do that because we in Christ have been given the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. See, revelation and resurrection is all about God's plan of redemption. It's about restoration. But Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, and that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. See, it's all about restoration. Everything better than it ever was. Better. See, our in Christness is better than we ever were. Amen? And it's about God putting us back into our original design, restoring everything that fell into corruption and decay became different in Christ. Everything's different. We see different. We think different. We talk different. We look different. Amen? I mean, just thinking different is a big, big plus. And it's about reconciliation, reconnecting us back to our proper relationship with God, our loving Father. Revelation is about Jesus returning to his new covenant temple, which is you and us. You are God's mobile home. Amen? Your address is his address. He's living in you. And each of us being built up, it says in Ephesians 2, let's go there, Ephesians 2.21. Ephesians 2.21, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Each of us, by re in restoration, each of us is being built out of a lovely living stones and fitly framed together for his glory here on earth as it is in heaven. Another scripture, if you want to write this down, I'm not going to turn there, is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Talks about us being living stones. Living stones. Amen? See, the unveiling of Jesus Christ is a multifaceted reality. Let's go to this scripture. This is a, a good one. Revelation. Why well, I like Revelation so much? Because it's about Jesus. Amen? I'm not looking for, you know, I'm not looking for VW bugs as big as, uh, you know, tanks. I'm looking for Jesus when I open the book of Revelation. Because that's what it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. The key is above the door. That's what, if you want to see Jesus, go to the book of Revelation, you'll find him. But you have to remember the book, of the, the book of Revelation is all symbolic. If you try, try to make it literal and apply it to today, you're in trouble. And there's a lot of people doing that, a lot of books written that way. It won't help you at all. Just make everything uglier. <clears throat> but it says in Revelation chapter 1, 
verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. We got angels here. Amen. We got Christians in America that don't believe in angels. I've met tons of them that don't believe in angels. And they tell me all the time, you don't preach that angels are real, do you, Pastor Mike? I said, well, I have a problem with that because my Bible says they're always involved with the saints. There's preachers today. I, I could take them to you, take you to them today, right, right in this area. Who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. In verse 3, blessed are they. <laughs> I changed the pronoun. To apply to he and they. Women, man, a male and female, right? How many know you're sons of God? So if you're a son of God, you got some male going on, right? Well, all I know, when I got married, I got some woman going on. I became one flesh with a woman, and things started to change in my life. <laughs> Blessed he is he who reads, <clears throat> and those who hear the words of this prophecy, and keeps those things which are written in it, for the time is near, New King James. In the King James, it says, the time is at hand. See, the word translated hand in the Strong's Concordance is number 1451. That Greek word is egus, E-G-G-U-S, egus. Go ahead and egus. It means to squeeze or to throttle. I mean, if you ever ride a motorcycle, you run a motorcycle with a thumb throttle. Most times. I mean, some motorcycles probably do have foot pedals, but I never rode one. You know, sometimes like, you got to turn the, or squeeze it. But, but in this verse, I hear the Spirit saying that, that those, if you read and understand the words of this book, the book of Revelation, then in Christ, the throttle's in your hand. In fact, I challenge you to read the book of Revelation and interpret it with the help of the Holy Spirit as being, for the most part, totally symbolic Anyone willing to take my challenge? What's going, to, what's going to assist you? The Holy Spirit. Amen? See, because the reading in the... It just said right here, blessed is he who reads. It doesn't say blessed is he who understands everything. Amen? Because if you were to understand everything, then you wouldn't need nothing including me. <laughs> but I'm just saying, the blessed is he who reads. For the time is near. See, this new revelation will give you the enablement to speed certain things up in your life and for things of God's glory to manifest around you. And when we take off, I'm going to take off these glasses just for a second. So if I take off my end times, last days glasses and put on my new day glasses 
and put on the new covenant, we can look at the book of Revelation in a whole new way. Because a lot of people go to the book of Revelation for one thing, to interpret the end times. Hey, I won't argue with you. I believe we're in perilous times. I'm not going to argue with that, that term. Timothy talks about perilous times. I don't believe we're in the end times. I believe the end ended with Jesus. You don't want to, you want to argue with me? Well, oh, let's go to Hebrews. Just don't turn there. Just write it down. Hebrews 9.26. This is talking about the greatest of Christ's sacrifices, starting in verse 23. Talks about Jesus, okay? So when you get to verse 26, the he is Jesus. You don't have to stumble, okay? He then, Jesus then, would have to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once, at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. It's the end of the ages with Jesus. My Bible says that. Like I said earlier, you can read the Bible, but some people, after they read it, just won't believe it because they have a mindset to believe something totally different. Now, I have friends. I've, put this, I've posted this. When I used to have my Facebook pages, I would post this. You know what kind of responses I got from my pastor friends? They wouldn't even touch it with a 10-foot pole. Didn't even want to talk about it. I said, okay. We'll go on to something else easier. But this is our present reality because God has taken up his abode within us. And for me, that changes everything. See, I'm not, Jesus is not out there. He's not up there. He's in us. And he's in us at all times. Amen? He's there at all times. And if we will simply praise him, then he will ra we will raise him. And then God will rise within his holy habitation and the temporal distractions we will silence because they will not mean anything to us. I don't know. Peter, he had no problem when he saw Jesus walking on the water. He just said, Lord, tell me to come. He walked on water, but on one word, come. Jesus says, come. He didn't say, he didn't give him a sermon. He didn't teach him how. He just said, come on, Peter. Amen? See, because in Adam, we only got a quick visitation. But in Christ, we get a permanent dwelling habitation within us forever and he's with us everywhere he's in us when when you're cooking or you're cleaning the dishes he's right there with you when you're vacuuming or you're sweeping your garage he's right there with you when you're waxing your car or you're cleaning your car he's right there with you amen man we let's look for jesus within us here now living within us, and he rises within us 
all other things will have to keep silent, and God's enemies, the Bible says, will be scattered. Let's go to 1 John 4, 17. Last 10 words of that verse. It says, as he is in the world, so are we. You see that? Because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is in the world, so are we. For God in Christ is giving each of us incredible upgrades. Lest we forget that it was the cross that was the cure for the ailment of sin. And death that plagued the human family. See, Jesus' resurrection makes him son of man and son of God simultaneously. He became what I am. Let me show you that scripture. It's, it's an incredible scripture. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter, I think chapter 5. Verse 20, 21. For he made him, for God made Christ, who knew no sin to be sin for us. That ought to bring tears in our eyes. Amen. That he might become, that we might, excuse me, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's what I call the great exchange. Amen. The son of God became the son of man so that the sons of men could become the sons of God. Want me to say that again? The Son of God became the Son of Man, flesh, Jesus, so that the sons of men, us, could become the sons of God. And as we identify with Jesus in his death, we pass through the waters of baptism. The old humanity is buried, Romans 6, verse 4. Therefore, we were buried with him, Christ, him, Christ, through baptism into death. <clears throat> that just as Christ was raised from the dead, resurrection, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. It's a new horizon. It's a new horizon. It's a new day. Amen? See, our identification with Jesus becomes our vehicle out of the old world that was dominated by sin and carnality and into a new world ruled by Christ himself. But the key is staying in Christ. In Christ. Say in Christ. Staying there. Don't leave it. Stay there. Because Jesus suffered on the cross for us. He even endured the pain of hell for us and literally became a curse as we come into him, we are delivered from the curse of sin and death and delivered into a brand new creation. And so now we can stand in the presence of God and enjoy redemption that was provided through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Amen? We are now in Christ and he is in us. Our judgment is not in our future. Go with me here. Our judgment is not in our future, but in our past. Where was our judgment? In Jesus on the cross. He took it all. 
He took it all. He paid it all. See, there's a lot of people that are still waiting for a judgment in the future. We have preachers that preach it daily in devotions and everything all over the Internet. Our judgment is not in the future, but in our past. When Jesus hung on the cross and died in John 19.30, he said, It is finished. There's a lot of people who preach mistakenly about Jesus that it was just his death. But I believe, in fact, that the death of Jesus Christ was the death of all men through his death, burial, and resurrection. I'll give you a scripture so you don't think I'm nuts. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. It says, and he, again, it's referring to Jesus because it's right above in the verse 1. But, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only. Not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Jesus was the last Adam, and through his cross, Jesus restored us to better than the original Adam was brought forth in a garden, but it became his graveyard because of his disobedience. Jesus, on the other hand, took a graveyard and turned it into the garden of God. It wasn't an accident that Mary walked up to Jesus after the resurrection and thought he was the gardener. He was the gardener. Jesus is the keeper of the garden of God. The cherub standing at the tomb is pointing inside to the tree of life. Adam had access to the tree of life and turned it into a tree of death. Jesus hung on a tree of death and turned it into a tree of life. See, in the beginning, God opened Adam's side and a woman was brought out of him and has helped me bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And Jesus died on Calvary's cross and his side was opened by the spear of a Roman soldier and blood and water flowed out of his side through which was the birthing of the church which you'll find in the book of Revelation, the woman of God. See, the bride was birthed out of the side of the womb of Jesus who would be brought back into him through his death on Golgathel's hill. And what profound implications are in the blood and water that flowed from his side? Oh, my gosh, help me, Jesus. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Look what happened on the cross that finished everything. Oh, my gosh, I wish I could tell you all these things in one breath. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. You can start verse 11 in him, buried with him in baptism. Verse 13, dead in your trespasses, he he made us alive together, having forgiven you all, having forgiven you all trespasses. Man, that's some good news. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Do you know what triumph over them means? 
he took them out of the way. They're not there any longer. And so the cross is the gate to paradise. It's the way back into the garden of God. See, the tragic disobedience of Adam in the garden of Genesis ends in total triumph in a garden called Gethsemane. By the obedience of one man, Romans chapter 5 talks about that. The obedience of one man named Jesus, who we are. Christ is the ever coming one. After his resurrection, he appears to Mary. He appears to his disciples. He appears to 500 friends. He appears to Paul and he appeared to John on Patmos. Revelation 1.8, I am he which is, which was, and which is to come. The Old Testament is just a shadow. The new covenant is the substance. Jesus is the new covenant. Why would you want anything less? Why would you look for anything less? Why would you dwell in anything less? See, the the old covenant is Jesus concealed, but the New Testament is Jesus revealed in full clarity. He is the substance. When you have Jesus, you don't need another Sabbath. When you have Jesus, you don't need another feast to celebrate because you got the one who fulfilled all the feasts. See, the purpose and the call of God for every saint is that God might reveal his son not only to us, but in us and through us. And thus has given to each of us, each one of us, the mind of the spirit. See, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages, according to Paul, is Christ in you. The hope of glory, his expectation of his glory in you. In you. You know what the world's waiting for? Us to believe who we are. We are the manifest sons of God on this earth. When you walk into the room, heaven's in the room because you're heaven. You're it. You have it all. Christ in you, it's his expectation of that glory. See, the revelation of Jesus Christ is not coming from an individual man somewhere off in a starry sky, but this revelation is of Christ who is in the midst of his church. It is specifically from and through the church that he makes himself fully known. The preaching of the cross will shape and mold us into a candlestick as does a natural hammer on gold. And it will make a people who are manifesting the light of Christ. Amen. 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 See, and as John turns to see the voice, he catches a glimpse of not only Christ, but also the vehicle by which God intends to manifest the revelation of the finished work. It is through the candlestick. That God is manifesting this ascended Christ, a resurrected Christ in the world. And we're a part of it. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14 and 15, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. See, the reason we don't enter into the promised rest is because no one has showed us how, how the work got finished. 
The work of getting rid of who we were in Adam and bringing forth a new creation. That's who we are. You're a new creation in Christ. You should be confessing that a hundred times a day until you get it. And don't keep going back to the old default mindset that you're a loser, you know, worthless, got no value, ain't nothing here happening here kind of concepts. See, like John, we can declare that the place of our killing, our Patmos, our Patmos is not in our future, but that it was accomplished through the work of Christ by the death on the cross of Calvary. There's no judgment in the future. The judgment's all in the past. There's no wrath for us in the future. It's all in the past. And because it's there, you can see the finished work and you will come into full the, re the full rest of God on the day of the Lord. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Man. Let's go to verse 4 and 5. I'm sorry, I can't stop. Who gave himself, got to be reminded. How many times does he say this in the Bible for us to be reminded? Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen? See, it's not something he's going to do in the future. It's already done. See, we, much of what we pray for is out of lack, not what is finished. A lot of people, when they pray to God, they beg rather than believe it's finished or done. See, Jesus' death was the death of everyone. And from the viewpoint of the finished work and the fact that you died in Christ, Galatians 2.20, you count sinful impulses as dead and buried. Declaring Christ's finished work does not mean that you go your way and do whatever you want to do. If we remain under the mixed community of law and grace, religion and rules and scribes and Pharisees, we will remain bound, looking down and swallowing the dust of the earth. And they would keep us from being freed from our sin. And we would continue to attempt over and over what has already been accomplished in Jesus. We must understand that Jesus hanging on the cross is the only thing that will set us free from the bondage we have been under. He paid a debt. He did not owe. I had a debt I could not pay. See, my death, your death, will never be enough to atone for your sin. Can't do it. Can't do it. And there's only one death that could bring the scales that were tilted against us into proper balance. And Jesus is the only one who could pay the full and ultimate price. And the good news is this. He did. He did. How many believe? How many receive? Amen? Amen. See, God is releasing these things into the body. He's releasing apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And his hand is in the earth to declare not only the death of Jesus, but his resurrection. And this declaration will cause us to stand on our feet and not only proclaim the truth of resurrection life, but manifest life through us to everybody around us. 
So let's declare who we are and what is ours in Christ. Amen? We are in Jesus, and he is in us. Amen? We are learning the lifestyle of the power of the one with the one because we're in union with him, complete union with God. We're not partnering with God. That's old covenant thinking. Get rid of it. It's religion. We're already in complete union with him. It's a done work. We're complete in him. We suffer no, cl- no lack. We're learning to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. See, one person plus God has all the power and authority necessary to overcome. If I'm in union with God, how could I ever lose? That's what Romans 8 says at the end of the chapter. See, we proclaim to the Lord in thanksgiving who he is for us and the scenario in which we are involved. We proclaim that everything begins because he is the alpha and everything ends. He is the omega in God. We are one with God as we discover faith, the focus and the favor that he willing makes available to us in Christ. You're highly favored. Highly favored. Highly favored. From the most high God. Amen? We use every situation to rehearse the identity that the Lord has revealed. We are being schooled by the Holy Spirit in the process of life. We are dead in Christ, therefore God does not see what is wrong with us because he nailed all those things to the cross and has no desire to resurrect those things. Amen? I mean, I'm happy about that. We have the mind of Christ. Say, I have the mind of Christ. Say, I have the mind of Christ. Say it until you convince yourself and believe it. And we take our cues from the Holy Spirit within us, not from the world around us, and we are refreshed in Christ. And we will never be thirsty again with Christ as our source of life. We are refreshed forever by his presence. We are literally learning how to grow up in all things in Christ. We do not battle fear. We embrace the love that belongs to us in Christ. We started in victory, and we fight to win every day from the place of victory. My final scripture is in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57 and 58. Listen, if I was teaching on 1 Corinthians 13 today, it'd be my favorite, just so you know. All the chapters and all the verses in the Bible are my favorite. So don't get strung out like you Pastor's got his favorites. No, he don't. It's all favorite to me. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. I heard this um, one um, analogy of Old Covenant, New Covenant thinking. Um, being in the Old Covenant, you know, it's, it's like Clark Kent walking around with his glasses on in his suit, 
and he doesn't realize he's Superman. And, and, and then when he puts the cape on, the robes of righteousness, the new covenant, the new mind, the understanding of who he really is in Christ, he was like, oh my God, I can fly. <laughs> I can lift buildings and overcome. <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard that one before, but yeah, that's that. a great one. <clears throat> yeah, because the law just keeps us, uh, yeah, condemned and uh, focused on sin. There was not enough bulls and rams that could be brought in. We just constantly were bringing in more and more sacrifices, right? The Old Testament, the Old Covenant. But Jesus paid it all. Yes. Now it's the hardest battle of our, in our job to renew our minds. I know that for me, that's, I mean, I've known Jesus since I was a young person, but the renewing of the mind, man, that's the tough part. But he gives grace and more grace. <laughs> he gives us everything we need. Thank you, Lord. He's not done with what he started. He's not done until it's good. Let him turn it in your favor. Watch him work it for your good. He's not done with what he started. He's not done until it's good. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, strength. Hello, hope. It's a new rising. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, strength. Hello, hope. It's a new rising. If you're ready. If you're ready for a breakthrough. I'm ready, Jesus. Just open up and just receive. I receive breakthrough. What he's pouring out is nothing you've ever seen, you've ever seen, you've ever seen. Sing hello, hello, peace, hello, joy, hello, love.
is not my future. Fear is not my future. You are. Sickness is not my story. You are, you are. It's not my home. You are, you are. Death is not, death is not the end. You are, you are. Fear is not, fear is not my future. You are, oh, sickness is not my story. You are, you are. Heartbreak, heartbreak's not my home. Another way to remember that we're in the new day is that when the rooster crowed three times and Jesus met up with Peter, he never mentioned his sin. Never brought it up. Because we're in a new day. Amen? 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. And let all that you do be done with love. Let all that you do be done with love. Have a great week. Hello.